hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm releasing a bonus episode as I've been doing each Friday just because I've had a plethora of really cool interviews just kind of sitting in my queue that seem relevant and timely. So this week I am uh, doing a bonus episode uh, called Podcasts on Podcasts, which is going to feature um, coming up an interview with Xander Stone. Uh, Xander interviewed me for my first podcast called Recollections, um, which tells kind of a story through the guest point of view. It's really unique. Um, And I've also was featured on another podcast called Too Rich to Miss, um, which came out last week. So I felt that it was only right, only fair to have this episode pop out and, you know, kind of give both of those podcasts exposure. So I hope you like what you hear and continue to like, share all that. And we will have a brand new episode out on Monday. Thanks. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you and I were kind of talking before this and, you know, it's kind of crazy right now, given given what's going on with the state of the world in, in June. Um, but for my listeners, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is Xander Stone. So Xander, can you introduce yourself to my podcast guests, guests give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, etc.? Sure. Um, I am a podcast uh, creator and editor, um, freelance podcast editor, um, all around creative person. I've done a lot of things and I shift around a lot. So I used to be an actor. I studied filmmaking in college. Um, Yeah. So I've tried a lot of different things. I guess that's my quick pitch. <laughs> yeah. And um, you and I, the funny thing is, is that we live about two hours apart from one another. We haven't met. We connected through Reddit because of your podcast. Yes, that's right. I reached out on a subreddit group for podcasting, uh, just looking for guests. And then we connected and uh, I got to interview you for my show. And now I get to be interviewed for yours. So Yeah, absolutely. And and then even so from there, like just speaking to Xander, I've kind of, you know, introduced him to some of my creative friends in LA. And so hopefully you pick up some work from them. That's my hope for you and my goal. But, oh, awesome. um, but you know, I like to spread the good word and people do good by me. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you wanting to be my podcast. Um, I really appreciated being on yours. It was a lovely experience as well. Um, but my podcast is about imposter syndrome and you to date would probably be the first straight identifying male on my podcast. So full round of applause. <laughs> um, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so uh, kind of what sparked me wanting to, uh, uh, to interview you and actually have you on here was the fact that you have this acting component, this creative component, and um, our biggest shoulder demons tend to come from being creatively led. Mm. Yes, I can definitely see that. <laughs> so I guess I'll start with the first question, which, what, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? Uh, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, no, I, I, I definitely don't think I have it figured out. Um, I feel like I am continuing to try to figure it out and that like, I'm starting to realize that maybe that's the point is to like never settle and to always try to figure it out. Maybe as corny 
as that sounds. <laughs> no, I actually think that's great because I, I kind of can remember like getting out of college and being like, and now I get a job and then getting that job and being like, oh, <laughs> this is all that happens. Right. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the destination, I think, uh, what, what is destination based thinking? Yeah. It's just like, as soon as I get here, then I'll be happy. Or as soon as I do this or finish this or accomplish this, then everything like that's just so empty. Like as soon as soon as you get to that point, then you're just like, well, now what? So, yeah, exactly. And I've tried to like really break that habit. However, sometimes it's, it's easy to like, take a look at what's going on in other people's pastures and you're like, dang, <laughs> why am I not there? But it's, it's all about the journey. And so um, most of my guests, if not all of them, have said the same thing resoundingly, no. And I think that's human. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. So let's just address the elephant in the room. Let's just hop into it, um, which is imposter syndrome, which is what this podcast is all about, the feeling of not fitting in. So do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Um, okay. Yeah. The, I, I guess I feel like I had trouble fitting in when I was younger mm -hmm. and um, I feel like uh, I don't put as much pressure on myself now to fit in because I like I guess just getting older and maturing I'm, I'm just like realizing that what makes me unique or whatever is is uh I don't know it <laughs> it's a hard question to answer but I feel like societally maybe things are shifting where people are allowed to truly like be themselves a little bit more and so the pressure of fitting in doesn't feel quite as prominent at this point in my life um, but in the past, uh, growing up, and um, I definitely have felt like I didn't fit into like the popular crowd as like a creative, um, mm -hmm. doing drama club in middle school and high school, for example, and stuff like that. See, you were the cool kid because <laughs> uh, I was also equally a creative person, so I can relate to that a lot. I was newspaper editor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, not, not sexy in the slightest. Um, and, uh, I, I think when we're, I think when we're in middle school and when we're in high school, inherently we want this feeling of belonging, but then you get older and you look at the people that were popular and peaked in high school, so to speak. And it's like, I don't want anything that they have. Right. Like, honestly, I'm, I turned out real cool, even though I was mercilessly bullied. And that's kind of, um, to your point, talking about like the feeling of fitting in, um, I don't know if it was until my late, it, it definitely wasn't in my early 20s, but in my late 20s, I had a shift of kind of wanting to just be myself and be okay with who myself is and like learning to love myself and what makes me unique. And then now I'm at a point where I'm champion, champion, championing, you know, being a champion of my own brand, so to speak, and being okay with the fact that I am the way I am. And I think that just comes with wisdom and with age because you kind of stop giving a fuck at a certain point exactly <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah it's uh it's interesting i think uh we we spoke about it a little bit uh before today mm -hmm. um when i started pursuing acting yeah i started maybe experiencing again a little bit of this fitting in for sure definitely that fitting in feeling and that like trying to be the popular kid like mm -hmm. acting as an industry kind of felt like a popular popularity contest a little bit. Like you're, you're trying to fit in 
um, to a certain rule and, you, and you're kind of constantly seeking validation. Um, so that, that popped yeah. up for me at that point in my life. Was, was that kind of, cause you're in LA. Um, so was that kind of what prompted you to get out of acting that feeling of just like, ah, like it's, I'm being chewed up spit out. Like I'm losing kind of who I am. Yeah. Or, I, th I think, um, I'll see how I can put this. It, it, I realized that I was in this constant state of seeking validation and feeling like insecure mm -hmm. and I needed mm -hmm. the validation or the approval of others to make myself like feel okay. And for whatever reason, that profession just constantly left me hungry to seek that. And I think it wasn't until I took some distance, like uh, I could tell somewhere that it wasn't jiving with me. Mm -hmm. Like I appreciated the art of acting and expressing yourself and the creativity of it, but the business side of it and the like, uh, I guess going into acting classes and like comparing yourself with mm -hmm. others was mm -hmm. a constant thing uh, for me. So yeah, yeah. It was just a lot of things. No, that makes uh, a lot of sense. And um, I did interview my friend from college. Her name is Mehri Inslaminia. She's a Broadway-bound actress. She's going to be on the revival of 1776. Um, oh, wow. She's, and she was my, like, I lived on my floor, my dorm freshman year. Um, and it's a, it's a really great episode to my listeners. If you've listened from the beginning, you've heard it. If not, um, I will link it in here. But she had this great perspective um, on being an actress. Uh, and I, I, I don't know if it, I don't know how she came to, but, but I mean, you know, in, in, the, in the second guessing yourself, because in acting, they've already figured out, they've typecast the role that they want and who's going to fill it. And it's so hard to separate yourself out from not feeling bad that it, they didn't choose you because they had someone that in mind that was five feet taller or five inches right. shorter or whatever that might be. And she had this beautiful thing where she said, if you can't trust yourself, then you have to trust that the acting, the acting director and the producers of this company chose you because they believe in you. And if you can't trust you, then trust them. And I was like, that mm. is whew, like, that was profound. It was one of the most profound things I've heard someone like introspect and say, but I don't think that everyone is capable of doing that. I certainly know I wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's tough acting seems tough because yeah, I could easily see, like, I didn't have a lot of successes as an actor. I did some small, small things here and there, but even just getting a small, like role on a very small role on a TV show or whatever. Um, I think I maybe experienced some imposter syndrome because it's like, Oh, like, what if I mess up or like, why did they choose me? Or, you know, those, those doubts, kind of always creep into your mind, especially in a profession like that. Yeah. So kind of shifting gears, um, what kind of got you into podcasting? Podcasting, um, well, it was after I decided that acting was not for me and I took some distance from that. I had a really hard time figuring out what I wanted to do. And um, I did some career counseling and some soul searching. And I realized that there has kind of always been this strong desire for me to be heard and to have a mm -hmm. voice. And I had done some community radio in a small town where I grew up and I love listening to podcasts. Uh, so through those kind of different things and seeking career counseling and sort of, I, I sort of arrived on that as something I wanted to pursue. 
That's awesome. And um, I definitely feel like you found your niche because I mean, I, I mean, our interview was ex extremely enjoyable. And then in listening and to my listeners, he'll get he'll get a chance to talk about his podcast. He will get into it. I do give my guests the floor to promote themselves. And I'm assuming you're going to promote recollections. But the way that he's chosen to do this is so unique. And similar to you, Xander, I, I've, I did radio in college, loved it. Um, didn't think that there was necessarily a career in radio, didn't know what else there was, and then started listening to podcasts on my commute. And I realized that like, I've always been pretty creative. I've always been pretty, I, I mean, maybe it's, I'm, just, I'm like overstepping, but I think I can be pretty humorous. I can kind of be witty and stuff. And so I've always felt like I'd be the ultimate podcast guest, right? Mm -hmm. And so where my imposter syndrome comes into play is that, I saw all of my other friends just kind of making these garage session podcasts that like, no offense, weren't that great. And I was like, man, like if they can do this, then I probably can. And it's the theory of always a bridesmaid, never the bride, so to speak. No mm -hmm. one's, no one's going to, no one's going to make the podcast that I want to make. So I just had to fully lean into it. Obviously getting laid off kind of helped catalyst that. Um, but I'm at a point now where I'm actually feeling very good. I'm feeling very excited about the momentum because when I first started, I just wanted to interview my friends. Mm -hmm. I said, I'll start with my friends. I interviewed my friends. And then it was like, okay, well, I'll reach out to this kind of celebrity that I'm interested in. And see, and they, the worst, that, the worst that'll happen is that they say no. And they said yes. And then it just kept kind of snowballing and snowballing and snowballing. Um, and so I, I'm telling these stories that I believe in. I'm, I'm making something that makes me feel good. And for once, I'm not listening to that voice in the back of my head that tells me that I can't. That's great. But, That's great. but even so, um, I love that journey of kind of figuring out that this is for you. And you definitely have a wonderful voice for radio. It's very soothing. You oh, should definitely you so record like audiobooks, I feel like. I, you know, it's funny you say that, um, my wife and I are reading a book right now and, um, we do this thing every once in a while where I'll just like read the book, uh, yeah. out loud, um, as like a, a shared activity. So we're in the middle of doing that. And, I love uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys just celebrated an anniversary, correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, end of March, uh, end of March, end of May. <laughs> <laughs> what, what Three even years. day is it anymore? That's exciting. Right. <laughs> um, and if you don't mind, how did you guys meet? Sure. Uh, we met when I was 23, so 11 years ago, we, we both grew up in a small town and we went to the same uh, school and it's not, <laughs> it's not the best story, but yeah, my, uh, she posted a Facebook pro, uh, post or something saying like, I was cold uh, and, I, and I messaged her something corny like, I'll be your blanket. Oh gosh. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> eventually, I guess we we hung out, and then we started dating, and uh, yeah, uh, on and off a little bit, and then we kept dating, and we we moved out here to Los Angeles together, both creative people, and uh, yeah, yeah, small town of uh, where, like where in the U.S. Oh, sorry, yeah, it's uh, it's called Fairfield, Iowa. It's uh, southeast Iowa, about an hour south of uh, University of Iowa, Iowa oh, okay. City. So I'm actually, originally I was born in the Midwest. I was born in Minnesota. So I picked up on a little bit of an accent, but I wasn't like, I was like, where is it from? Um, but also uh, when people say small town, you never know because some people's frame of reference of small town is so of, much. Of course. Yeah. They're like, oh, it was a small town. I'm like, well, how many was, 
how many were in your graduating class? They're like 500. I'm like, what? No, that's not small. Um, <laughs> but that's awesome. My parents are actually uh, high school sweethearts as well. And, um, and I interviewed, um, some of my guests have been high school sweethearts as well. And you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to meet the person that you're meant to be with. And then a great thing too, is that you guys have been together 11 years and you've probably grown and changed together oh, yeah. and oh, moving yeah. to LA. I mean, that's a slap in the face. That's so, it couldn't be further dif like different uh, worlds cause LA is very unforgiving. Yeah, it, it did help. We had some friends out here who lived here and we had visited together a couple times before. So that helped us our transition a little bit, but definitely uh, it took some adjusting to get used to the traffic and the like, I, I don't know. I, I, I always tell this story cause I remember the first time I came out here and in a small town, you can just drive wherever you want at any time <laughs> to do anything <laughs> to get your errands done. And so I had that mentality coming into LA. I was like, I'll just go to a hardware shop and get this to fix up our apartment after moving in and do this and that. And uh, I went to West Hollywood at like 5 p.m., <laughs> not even thinking about traffic or anything and mm -hmm. did a couple errands. And I just like was exhausted and had to take a nap afterwards. So I learned quickly, you have to plan ahead. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny that you say that because like my sister used to live in uh, Playa, uh, Playa Vista and, um, and <laughs> My sister-in-law lives in uh, Hollywood, or, well, not like what, like West Hollywood. I would say she's in like West Hollywood, and um, I've got friends that are kind of in different areas. And my mom, like whenever I'd go visit my sister when she was living in LA, or you know, I was visiting my my in my in-laws or whatever, my mom would always be like, "I don't understand why you can't just make the drive to go see your sister." And I'm like, "It is five <laughs> on a Friday, and she's here." <laughs> And I'm here. My mom's like, well, that doesn't look like it's that bad. Like, <laughs> no, like that's going to be a $50 Uber ride or a two hour car ride or whatever. Cause the LA traffic is no joke. And I'm, I, it's, it's crazy because I, within this quarantine period, and I imagine by the time I'm releasing this episode, I'll probably still be in quarantine. We probably, a lot of people will be, or won't have jobs anymore. Um, traffic will probably still remain relatively low, but it's, even without the traffic, it's still pretty far and you're still kind of sitting in traffic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, you you kind of just stick to your little two mile, three mile radius, your, wherever your closest grocery store is. And then you, I don't know, at least that's what I've been, what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in my and little area. It's, it, it's interesting because it's, because I'd never really experienced traffic. Like I, I used to live in Denver and Denver people would be like the, the natives. They'd be like, Oh, so much traffic. And you're like, no, it's really not that bad. You like, you don't know how easy you have it. And then I moved to San Diego and the traffic, like it's, it can be bad. Like, cause I lived five miles from work and I would have to get on a couple of highways to get where I needed to be. And I eventually found a route that didn't involve getting on the final highway because I was just like, I can't sit in traffic any longer. Like I have to be doing something that doesn't involve stop and stop and start. And it would take me 20 minutes to get to work in the morning, which seemed ridiculous. And it would take me 30 minutes to get home at night, which seemed even more ridiculous to me, all for like less than five miles, maybe four miles. Right. And that is California in a nutshell. No one's carpooling. They're all, everyone has to get where they're going. No one uses a turn signal. Um, HOV lane, what's that? Don't know. And, um, and the merge lane. San Diegans don't know how to merge. I don't get it. 
Oh yeah, turn signals is a thing that I noticed out here. Well, I guess I notice it everywhere. It's a pet peeve of mine, but people don't use turn signals enough. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm such a rule follower that I have to use a turn signal, and I will get I will get visibly upset with my husband when he just I'm like just because you're from Orange County does not mean that you should drive like you are. Um, but he does most of the driving anyway because I just hate driving in general. <laughs> yes, I don't blame you there. <laughs> So um, moving on, kind of something that I've realized within imposter syndrome, and there's just a feeling of kind of second guessing yourself and all of that and telling yourself mm. the negative speak all of that. It's very ingrained with um, the feelings of success. And each person that I interview has a beautiful um, perception of what success looks like to them. Of course, there's no right or wrong answer. So we'll just hop into it. What does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? Um. Success looks like to me, uh, you know, I, it's, it's been a, it's been a lifelong search for me trying to define what success is. And so I don't necessarily feel like I have it figured out but for right now. I, I, I think it is, um, doing something that has purpose tied into it for you mm-hmm. and, um, supporting yourself. I don't, the combination of those two things, I, I don't necessarily expect to make tons of money, at least not at first. But for me, my version of success is supporting myself and doing something that's tied with purpose. And I feel like I'm on track. I don't feel like I'm necessarily there yet, um, but I feel like I'm on track. And And there's been a lot of second guessing throughout my life of the choices that I've made. I switched my college major f- three or four times. Oh man! And, yeah, and then I, uh, yeah, it was like, uh, let's see. So I started off as a theater major, and then it was focused on acting. And then I switched to filmmaking, and I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And I moved out to LA and pursued filmmaking for a year or two, and then I went back to acting. And then anyway, so I'm, <laughs> I know that I'm meant to do something creative. And, um, I feel like I'm on track. Yeah. So I guess that's my answer. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know you personally yet. I hope to one day meet you when this all lifts. Um, my husband, I looked at your answer for the next question. My husband and you are definitely going to be friends. He's got a bunch of decks. Um, but (laughs) I, I have this innate sense when I, when I talk to you and when I've spoken to you that you definitely have this spark that I don't feel every person has. And so the fact that you're working towards something that you're going to enjoy is beautiful because I think so often, um, you know, I'll use my husband as a great example. He's in the military. Um, He doesn't, does he love being in the Navy? No. Um, But he, he, he felt that that was his only option at the time. And now he's trying to figure out what's going to make him happy when he gets out. And so he will be until he retires. So his whole goal is to just be happy when he gets out, right? So we're kind of exploring that. I mean, he's scared shitless to get out. Um, We're at 14 years right now. And we're going to Hawaii for three years next year. And from him, he's watched me struggle in my career. He's watched me, like when he met me, I rage quit a job. Um, and I was like logging into my dating profiles to delete them and met him should not have been in a position to be dating. But when you start focusing on yourself, that's when love kind of tends to find you. Mm. And 
and he's watched me go from job to job. Not that I'm unemployable or anything like that, but I've marketing is always usually the first to go. I get laid off a lot and it's just because it's marketing and they're like, yeah, we don't need you. Bye. And you're like, great, cool. Like, thanks. Awesome. (laughs) And so I've been on unemployment since, um, March of, or actually beginning of April because I got paid severance through March, but, um, it has allowed me to decide and take a pause and go, okay, well, what do I want to do? And maybe I'm crazy that I think my podcast will take off. Maybe I'm crazy that I think I have a voice and I want to do something, but my goal and what success looks like to me is similar to yours. I just want to be happy. I don't care if it's not monetary. I know my value. I know my worth, but I want to be a positive change in the world. And that is kind of my goal right now, especially given today is for my listeners, today is the 4th of June and this will not release on the 4th of June. However, right now we are in a situation where we have to rise up with our voices yes, definitely. for change and for equality for all. Um, and that is something that I've been grappling with where I'm like, am I doing enough? and what makes me happy and what makes me happy is not being silent right yeah having a voice and speaking up and that's yeah that's very very important right now i'm i'm <laughs> yes. going through going through my own uh i'm not sure of the word but reaction i mm-hmm. guess for lack of a better word of what's going on and and doing what I can and definitely being silent does not feel right. No, no. And, and, and we, we were kind of talking about this um, just before we pressed record, how it's interesting that like everyone's quick to, you know, hop on a trend, but it's, they're not quick to educate themselves. And right now for many people, you're not doing anything. So you should be educating yourself. Even if this podcast episode comes out and things are radically different. And suddenly the world is back to normal. Still take time to pause and um, educate yourself. And I've always said this, and I'm going to say it again. I'm blue in the face. You have to come out of quarantine a better person than you went in. And if anything, people say, oh, 2020 sucks, throw it away. I think, no, I, I am actually going to retract that I've ever said that because I think 2020 is a pause and reflection and it's allowing us as a society and as a world to be better. I agree with that. It's an opportunity for growth, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I think we kind of touched on imposter syndrome. I, I think these are really great answers. And I kind of want to move on to my favorite part of my show, which is where I ask my guests what they're fanatical about and, you know, what their unpopular opinions are, because it does really say a bunch. I, you know, I, I don't get to think one way or the other. I believe all opinions are fine and valid as long as they're not hurting others. So we'll start with what is one of a, or a few things that you're fanatical about and why I will start. Um, I, I've said Guy Fieri so many times on this episode, but my husband just got like my birthday. So my birthday's in recording this. My birthday is next week. And my husband's is also next week. And he, yesterday, he got really weird and he like ran out the door and was like, I'll be right back. And came back in and was, had this thing behind his back. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, it's your birthday present. I want to give it to you. And so it was a Guy Fieri Funko Pop. He's holding a hamburger with his flame shirt 
<laughs> and I didn't even know this thing existed. And I guess my husband sat online in a waiting room to purchase it like uh, months ago. And, awesome. and so that just really made my whole dang day. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm fanatical as usual about Kai Fieri because he's a meme of a man and what he's been doing for restaurant workers during this time has been pretty incredible. And and just how he's been kind of, you know, merchandising to make sure that money gets back into the right hands of the service industry. And hopefully he'll be doing things for change as well. Um, just a really good dude. I don't know if you've read anything about him, but he has done a lot of really great things for equality as well. Yeah, he's super, he's super entertaining. I, I didn't know uh, that he was supporting and advocating for, for restaurant support right now, but that's, mm -hmm. that's definitely great. And yeah. uh, funny side story, a few Halloween's ago, I dressed up as Guy Fieri. Me too. I, <laughs> I was, was definitely, guy. <laughs> I was definitely saying like, uh, got two tickets to Flavortown and yep. I'm the town drunk. <laughs> so <laughs> my, you know, do you, have you seen that meme where it's Guy Fieri and he's holding a giant hot dog? And uh, it's like, please, my son, he's sick. So my husband was a hot dog and I was Guy Fieri. <laughs> and he, my husband had to work. And like the one party we went to, like, was just full of marijuana and my husband being in the military, he can't be around that. So he, he and I like left pretty quickly. So we didn't really get a chance to like go out in the town at the time and like test our costumes out. But I did go out with my friends the following night and uh, I got free drinks just because people looked at me and laughed because I was totally in character. I was like, I'm Guy Fieri and we're, I'm rolling out to this bar. And I was like, uh. just like fully in character and my <laughs> My friends were like, we don't know you, but we do. <laughs> um, and I've just always loved him. He's just a funny, funny dude. Uh -huh. But anyway, what are you fanatical about? <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what I put in your questionnaire, but I think what I said, which is definitely accurate, is like strategy games. Mm -hmm. And specifically, uh, Magic the Gathering has been a game that I've pursued on and off since my adolescence. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just something about like, uh, solving puzzles, like figuring out how to fix something right now. It's kind of satisfying to do that over and over again. And it, and it feels like something that I can never like truly master and sort of uh, the journey of it all is fun and might be unpopular, but I think things are changing. Like when I was younger, there was a whole like anti-nerd thing and anti-intellectualism mm -hmm. thing. Um, but that's shifted now. I think being a nerd now is cool. So yeah. Oh, it definitely is cool. Um, my husband, uh, is, he has a bunch of decks. He actually founded and with his friend, he found another nerd in Denver and they became friends because my husband's from here. He's not from Denver where I'm, where I lived. Um, and he was stationed out there. And so he, he met this guy, Jeremy and he and Jeremy started a monthly magic, the gathering club. Hmm. And it was just like, for by nerds for nerds and um they played every month and they had like a blast doing it or he would just host magic nights and like at our apartment complex and then like everyone would come and they would play and so it's been interesting because he was so into it in denver and then he moved here and he hasn't like found like anyone to play with and so and i'm, I'm and he's tried to explain it to me and <laughs> i i truly at the time of this releasing everyone knows by now my that my listeners I am um, now on a low dose of Adderall because I have ADHD and no wonder he couldn't teach me shit because I could not pay attention for yeah. longer than a minute. 
So um, I, I guess I could give it a go again. Um, but yeah, he loves it. And I think it's great. I mean, he, he plays this one game on his computer that's like an old 90s RPG where he's just like typing into it. I don't know what game it is, but he, <laughs> he played that one for a while. He gets very fanatical about playing the same games over and over and over again because they're mindless and he likes them. Mm. Um, and then we, in quarantine, we got back into Guild Wars because I hadn't played that since high school. And that was kind of fun, fun for like a couple of nights. Yeah, I games in general, I think is just something I'm fanatical about. It's uh, it's it's just fun. It's a good good way to pass time and and it uh, a good way to exercise your brain, I guess, in a way. And during quarantine, it has been comforting to connect with friends digitally, mm-hmm. with Discord and other things like that. And uh, a game I've gotten into, Stardew Valley, which is like a farming oh, RPG simulator. That's my husband's simulator. favorite. And uh, I have a farm with my wife and uh, our best friend, <laughs> so we'll we'll talk over Discord and play that. And that's so wholesome. Have yeah, you? That's really um, awesome. That reminds me of a. I think Stardew Valley is is a derivative, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong, of that one game that was in '64. A uh, Harvest Moon. Yes. Yeah. Um, I loved that game as a kid. I played it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's super super comforting. It is a very wholesome game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm have you? That hopped on the animal crossing bandwagon i did i um played it for quite a while um i did did enjoy it uh because it was relaxing but i was in between i had played stardew before it <laughs> and then played it and i was like oh something about stardew makes me want to like focus my attention on that so that's awesome um and then I did like kind of think of actually, I, I think I panicked and said Guy Fieri, but I do have something that I am currently fanatical about. Uh, have you ever watched Red Bull Soapbox? Uh, no, I can't say that I have. Okay. So I'm just going to let you in on it, the most wholesome content of your life. So for the last, so it's 2020 and they've been doing it since 2000 for the last two decades, Red Bull has been doing this thing that's similar to Flugtog, if you're familiar with that. Um, where it's soapbox racing and the whole goal is you get a team, mm. you create the most ridiculous thing you can, you're, you're scored on performance and you're scored on uh, design and creativity and then your timing, if, should you make it down the hill. And it is, the commentary is insanely funny. Um, it's all different countries. So like they have, like they did one in Japan last year, um, even so much as recently this year before coronavirus hit, they did one in uh, Chile. And it's just, I, it's the most wholesome hour you can spend. And it's been streaming on uh, Fox 2 Sports nonstop, but then my husband and I have a smart TV, so we just watch it on YouTube. And there's just like all 20 years you can stream. Oh, which is awesome. nice. So there, you, you never can run out of content on it. And it's funny because there's, in a lot of ways, like we're sitting on the couch, we're laughing, like they'll be like, oh, well, let's see if it makes it. And like they give it a push down the hill and it like explodes and like everyone's just, <laughs> but everyone's smiling. They're so happy because like they got to do this thing and it's right. not about who wins. It's just about, you know, having fun and, and it's really just a joy. And that was originally what I was going to say. And I panicked and said, Gaffieri, so... <laughs> <laughs> No, that sounds awesome. Um, I just saw I my notes. <laughs> definitely going to check that out. Yep, yep. I, I'm, uh, I'm also for my listeners. I will, I will put that in there of one, one to watch. The Japanese one is currently my favorite one. In, um, in the same vein of Guy Fieri, yep. um, another big obsession of me and my wife's is like cooking. Yay! 
shows, cooking competition shows. So we love Top Chef mm-hmm. and um, those kind of shows. Like I, I love cooking, and so I, I like watching and being like, oh, I would cook this or that. And yep, same. Would you ever be on Chopped? Um, sure. Yeah, I would. <laughs> uh, it's I'm a pescatarian, so I feel like if I got like pork chops or like beef or something, that I would. Uh, cross my fingers and be like, I, this looks good. <laughs> I love it when it's a chopped episode and they're like, I'm vegan. And you're like, oh no. And they're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the, the thought is always there. Um, I also equally, my husband and I are super into food so much so that um, our pup, our new puppy is named Bourdain. Um, and uh, he's not here yet uh, at the time of recording. He's seven weeks old, so he has to be at least nine weeks, but he Aww. is a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and he's adorable, um, awesome. but we're very excited about that, but we've had the name picked out for like ever, even before Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain actually committed suicide, we had that picked out, so. It's an excellent, excellent. Yeah, and then we eventually want to get another one, uh, so uh, Bourdain is tricolor, which means that he's black, white, and um, has red eyebrows, except for he only has a partial mask on the left side, um, mm. so which is which is uncharacteristic, which means that he wasn't desirable to show because he didn't have a full mask. <laughs> Their loss is our gain. So uh, <laughs> he's, still, he's still freaking cute. And then eventually when we come back from Hawaii, the plan is to get an, a second King Charles Cavaliers or Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, excuse me, and in Blenheim, which is the um, red and white and name it Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> And and just that that's is awesome. that, that's a that's a goal that's called that's called double income no kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so let's move on to unpopular opinions. Um, I just read yours. <laughs> I can't remember what I put. Okay, so you said I don't like someone's stand up. Oh yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, I. It is an unpopular opinion, I'm sure. I don't like Jerry Seinfeld stand-up, but I like the TV show. So I know that's a little bit strange. Um, Interesting. But, but I just, I think uh, maybe I'm just more into uh, when it comes to stand-up more like out there or just like big belly laughs. Mm-hmm. And I find him more just like amusing, like observational humor. Yeah. Okay. So... I feel the same way where I'm like, he's like airplane food. You're like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, but the show I find very funny cause it's a show about nothing. Um, right. and that's what I call my podcast, a podcast about nothing. Um, but, but it's interesting because I don't feel like when you watch it, like you're not, like you're more of a George or a, uh, a Lane or a Kramer fan. You're never really a Jerry fan. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like the other characters more, have more. Yeah. They're more intense characters. And it's funny. Yeah. Random side note. I didn't realize George was like, if you've seen Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm-hmm. uh, it's like Larry David wrote yep. himself into that character kind of thing. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I had a um, biology teacher in high school. Shout out to Mr. Title. Uh, I hope you're still teaching. Probably not, though. Um, expense literally so long um (laughs) and his brother-in-law was uh george costanza like literally like the actor that plays him jason alexander oh wow jason alexander yeah yeah it's okay and um he had all these photos with him (laughs) so i would always remember that whenever i see him or i had some teachers that had him in his boxers like on the chaise lounge and i'd be like that's weird like that's mr title's (laughs) brother-in-law um 
but yeah, I don't think that's a, an unpopular opinion. I, I, I would be hard pressed to find someone that would want to fight you over that. Right, I'm, right. I'm similarly more interested in uh, funny, like like different kinds of humor. Uh, for example, like favorite comedians of mine, John Mulaney, hands down, is is top, mm -hmm. top, top of top. Um, I think he's hilarious. I love Patton Oswalt. Um, I'm really proud that oh, he's Patton getting Oswald's back. He's great, getting yeah. back into to com comedy again after his tragic loss and his remarriage. Um, I also really like, um, I was a huge Aziz fan until Me Too. Now I'm not. Um, right. Who else? Uh, I, was, I was a huge Brian Regan fan for a while. Um, I really liked, okay, it's just like escaping me. I mean, honestly, like comedy for me, it's, 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 I, in a I, tough I, yeah, spot it's in a now. tough spot. And I love Nicole yeah. Byer. Um, she's great too. But I think like, for me, like it used to be really fun to go to like comedy clubs, and listen to comedy. And then these Netflix specials came out or these comedy central specials would come out and, and you'd be like, wait, I heard that already. Right. And so you're like, I just paid $50 to rewatch a Netflix special of yours. And so my unpopular opinion would be, uh, I don't, I think if you're going to be a comedian touring, you shouldn't do the same set that I already watched for free. <laughs> that. Yes, I, th I think that's a good good hot take, definitely. <laughs> yes, and of course, as I'm recording, I've chosen this exact time to start a motor, so we'll quickly wrap up. Um, what's currently making you happy in the world? Hmm, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think just uh, I am very grateful that I have a that I'm in a, re a relationship and that I have a significant other during quarantine and everything that's going on. Like I consider myself very lucky because there's a lot of people out there that are living alone and um, you know, I can't imagine how difficult it is to truly be isolated with the stay at home order and everything going on. Mm -hmm. So what's making me happy is uh, spending time with my wife and my cat as <laughs> simple as that is. And um yeah, just trying to stay on 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 top of everything going on and focusing on the here and now, um, not getting too too wrapped up in the anxiety of it all. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. I love that. That's a great answer. And uh, similarly to you, I kind of feel the same. That's what's making me happy. And um, you know, for my listeners, if you are alone in quarantine, just know that you're not alone. There is such thing as technology. Imagine that. Um, but even so, um, uh, if, if you're lonely during this time, I encourage you to reach out to your friends, your family, your loved ones, anyone for help and to keep the faith that eventually you will meet the right person for you. Definitely. I can agree. So we are coming to the end. Um, I have appreciated this conversation so much, Sander. Um, but now I like to turn the floor over to my guests and let them uh, uh, promote whatever they'd like. So um, go ahead. Uh, sure, yeah. I am working on a, or currently I'm a host and a producer of a bi-weekly podcast called Recollections. Um, it's a podcast where each episode, a guest goes into the story of their past, um, visit revisiting and reflecting on their memories and what's unique about the show is it's uh less of a back and forth i i edit out myself and so that you're left with the guests thoughts and reflections and it's filled out with uh music and uh soundscapes so i i want it to be an experiential uh thing for the listeners 
And so that's currently what I'm working on. You can visit the website at therecollectionspodcast.com or just search recollections on any podcast platform and you'll see it there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as always, for my lovely listeners, you will find all this information in the description um, of the uh, of the podcast at per usual. Um, well, Xander, do you have any parting words for my listeners? Um, just uh, to be patient and be open-minded and uh, try to educate yourself and have the difficult conversations, I guess, with things that are, that are coming up now. That's something that I'm learning is just to, uh, to, to go through those difficult conversations. I think too much, it's kind of like, well, don't talk about politics. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about this or that. And I think uh, some real change and movement has to happen. And that part of that has to be the ability to be able to, to talk through this and educate yourself and advocate and all that. Yeah, that is great advice. And thank you so much for being on my podcast today. I appreciated your time and your energy. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you listen, if you like what you hear, as always, give us a little rating. And please, um, I encourage you to um, you know follow up, listen to the Recollections podcast with Xander. It is really something special. And I hope you have a wonderful day, my friend. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks thank for having you. me on. Right. It was a pleasure. Yep, same. All right, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter p-d-k-m-o at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.